When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Gamecock Central Radio. We are hours away from kickoff now of the 2016 Gamecock football season. South Carolina opening it up tonight at Vanderbilt in an 8 o'clock kickoff. It's the start of the Will Muschamp era. Emerson Phillips with Chris Clark here on Gamecock Central Radio to preview the ball game. Chris, I want to play devil's advocate with you. The Gamecocks were 3-9 and nine last year. It was South Carolina's worst record in 16 years. And I've heard some local media members in particular saying that the Gamecocks will be bowl-bound this year. Their predictions are... Six or seven wins, possibly more if the quarterback play is good and the defense is improved. But, uh, again, Chris, to play devil's advocate, you know, South Carolina was 99th in the country in total offense last year, 117th in the country out of 128 teams in red zone touchdown percentage. And we've talked extensively about the problems the defense had last year, last in the conference against the run and last in points allowed. So, Chris, how does South Carolina improve on this three-win total last year with no Farrell Cooper and no Sky Moore? I know folks are excited about the new coaching staff, but how does South Carolina get better this year? You know, I think all those points that you brought up are fair. Um, And it's interesting. One of the interesting things this offseason – to me, Emerson, is to see, uh, I guess, the juxtaposition of, you know, what the national media thinks and then what some of us think in the local media. And, and now those opinions vary. There are some people nationally that think South Carolina will not be good again this year. Some people think they'll, they'll be improved. Some national people think Muschamp won't win at South Carolina because he didn't at Florida. Some people are the opposite. And locally, we can vary in those opinions too, but the the I don't want to say the consensus, but more people on the national side are not sold on South Carolina. Um, I think there is always when you go and follow a team closely, when you are on the beat every day, when you uh, get more keen insight at times than people who can't be around the program every day because they're national or they're regional or whatever it may be, sometimes you can get a better feel. And sometimes that colors your feelings. Um, And so – if people are looking at this team and saying they're going to be improved for several reasons, I think those are also fair points. It's understandable to look at this team and go, you know, there's no, there's not many established skill players. There's not an established quarterback. Defensively, they have is sort of in a in a show me state where they've got to actually show that improvement before people believe it. You know, but as for the reasons that they can actually improve, look. As, as mismatched as this team was offensively last season, you've got to consider that they're starting walk-ons in, in a lot of games, and at times they move the football against SEC teams and against Clemson. They scored points on Tennessee, Texas A&M, Clemson. They were offensively in some of those games, and, and really in some of those did enough offensively to win the football game, and the defense let them down over and over. But I can give some reasons – as to if this team improves, why it would be. And, and number one, it would be, you know, an offensive system that's going to be cohesive. It's going to be fit, sort of similar to what they ran last season. It fits the personnel. Um, they have some more talent at wide receiver, although it's young. 
remember that Debo Samuel didn't play a lot of last season. He probably would have made a difference. Um, they'll use the tight ends a lot. The offensive line is experienced, has some talent, has some depth. Uh, defensively, there was always a feeling last season that this team just wasn't squeezing out what it could out of the group. Now, there's still a, a severe lack of depth in the secondary. They can't afford an injury. There's still not a lot of pass rush juice. And, and those things are very concerning. But you feel like up front that they could be better. You feel like though at the minimum disguise defenses more, do some different things schematically. There were a lot of times last season where South Carolina just lined up and said, here we are. And honestly, they were not good enough personnel-wise to be able to do that. They didn't run enough different looks. This year they won't be sitting ducks as, as much. Then you have, you know, you throw Jamarcus King in there. You, sh- you throw Rashad Fenton's emergence in there. And again, they'll have to stay healthy. But you feel like they've got some older guys at linebacker. They have some veterans up front on the defensive line. There's still a lot of concerns. This isn't going to be one of the best defenses in the conference by any means. But you feel like they can take a step forward from what it was last season. I don't think that's unfair. Okay. Uh, even taking out Sky Moore, because the secondary was bad last season. There was not much pass rush to speak of. You feel like they they the arrows pointing up in both of those directions for both of those units, even if it's not pointing up very far. And then offensively, again, they, this team couldn't score against the Citadel consistently last year. Sometimes they, they put up points in games. Again, Clemson, Tennessee, A&M, they scored points. Now, losing Cooper's huge, uh, but if they can distribute the ball, if they can take care of the football, you know, on offense, then then maybe this group's a little bit better than people think. Will that translate into three, four more wins? I don't know because the schedule's so tough. Um, but you, you've got to consider the fact that South Carolina's got a lot to improve on from last season because it, even though it wasn't a, a very good team, uh, it, it never would have been a very good team. You, you still feel like they underachieved last season, and, and they've made some tweaks that could – uh, make them better so you know just on the other side of that I think that's some reasons why some of us around here feel that South Carolina should improve on that on that record from last season I think a lot of us just sort of vary on you know on how much they'll improve game day has finally arrived South Carolina at Vanderbilt tonight in an eight o'clock kickoff to start the 2016 season and the Will Muschamp era it's Emerson Phillips with Chris Clark here on Gamecock Central Radio glad to have you along we invite you to download the Gamecock Central Radio app on the App Store and on Google Play to subscribe to the podcast, search for Gamecock Central Radio on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other popular services, or visit radio.gamecockcentral.com. Chris, so much we can talk about, and I want to focus on two points. Number one, who's going to make a tackle? Sky Moore has led this defense in tackles three straight years, and I don't know who's going to make a tackle tonight for the Gamecocks. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think it's going to vary by game. Um, South Carolina will see several different styles this season. You know, the, the person that leads them in tackles against Vanderbilt may not be the same person that leads them against, you know, a Texas A&M or Mississippi State or Clemson. It runs sort of a different offensive system. Vanderbilt's going to run the football a lot. I'm sure South Carolina would love to have their defensive tackles or their defensive ends making tackles or, or their linebackers up front, depending on, on what look they're in defensively. That's ideal. If you got your safeties making a bunch of tackles, uh, in the run game, that that may mean you're tackling them too far down the field and they're moving the ball real well on you. Um, but, you know, Vandy will throw to the perimeter. Um, so South Carolina is going to have to be sound in the uh, in the bubble game, in the screen game, which they've worked on a lot in practice. 
Um, and they'll have to do the same thing offensively, by the way, in terms of blocking out there because of how they'll operate the offense. But, you know, I've gotten that same question about who could lead this team in tackles. It's, it's one of those many, many unknowns. I think Bryson Allen Williams is a, is a guy to watch. Maybe a TJ Holloman, even a Jonathan Walton, one of those linebackers who have experience up front. Bryson will be put in some situations where statistically he can have an impact. He's, he's starting at will linebacker. Um, and he's also going to be playing in some pass rush situations, which, you know, could, could get him involved in terms of getting some sacks, some quarterback pressures. And certainly he'll, he'll have a lot of responsibilities against the pass or in the run game to where he can also rack up statistics. So, uh, you know, I think those linebackers would probably be one to watch and, and, and Bryson in particular, I think is one to potentially key on. All right, Chris, the other great unknown right now for Gamecock football has got to be the quarterback position. And, mm-hmm. you know, we feel like Perry Orth, will be the likely starter tonight, and he's definitely going to play not only tonight but throughout the season. But if you're Will Muschamp and you're coming into a first-year situation like he is with South Carolina, do you think Will Muschamp might be inclined to go ahead and go with one of the younger quarterbacks moving forward? I think we all agree that this team is going to evolve and change as the season goes along. So what's the likelihood that Muschamp just goes ahead and says, hey, baptism by fire for one of these freshmen or maybe a combination of the two, Brandon McElwain and Jake Bentley? Well, I I don't think in regards to Orth, I don't think if if Bentley or McElwain play either in this game or or later in the season that it means that there will be an absence of Perry Orth, at least for this first game. Um, I think I, I would certainly lean towards Orth starting in this first game. And, and I certainly think he's going to play in this game. Now, what it is in game one, will it be what it is in game 12? I have no idea. I don't think anybody knows the answer to that because, again, uh, this is a situation where Perry Orr's played some football, but Brandon McElwain and Jay Bentley have never taken a college snap ever. And so you never know, and Will Muschamp said this several times about several of the guys, you know, you never know how some of them are going to respond once they get out there and the bullets are flying and things like that. You may have a good idea from practice, but you never know for sure. So, you know, Orth gives them a little bit of, I I guess, eases your mind a little bit as a coach just because he has been out there. You've got a little bit better of an idea about how he may handle it. And so that's why a lot of people, including myself, think, you know, to at least to start the game that he'll be out there. Now, Will Muschamp said two will play. And uh, could could it be three? It's hard for me to actually envision three playing, but I mean, I suppose you can't rule it out. And there could always be an injury situation or an ineffectiveness situation. Uh, you know, I don't think Will Muschamp is only looking towards the future and saying, you know what, we're going to start a freshman because that'll be better for the future. No, I mean, he wants to win this season. They're going to do what's best to win this season. But you can actually do a little bit of both this year because of the position you're in. I mean, your backups are both freshmen. So they can get one of them in there. If, if at some point during the season they need to get both in there or want to get both in there, then they can do that. And that way you've got, you know, a guy who's a senior on your team and you got two freshmen who you can prepare the, for the future. But that also means – it may also mean that one of those guys is, is the best situation. You know, McElwain and, and, and Orth have the most experience on the team because they both went through spring football. But Jake Bentley is a very, very gifted passer. And, you know, they're, they're playing some – you know, Derek Mason is too. They're they're doing a little bit of a depth chart dance around. They're not really showing their hand about who's going to play at certain positions, and, and quarterback for South Carolina is one of those. So I don't know how it'll play out. It'll be interesting. I think whatever happens in the first game, 
you know, may give us a little bit of a clue. But, again, it could be different by the end of the season. Chris, it really feels like the Gamecocks are on the uptick right now with this new coaching staff. The recruiting effort has improved tremendously. And if the Gamecocks are able to sign all these kids that have committed for 2017, the Gamecocks are going to have a very good class coming up in February. I just don't know that there's going to be an immediate turnaround because there are so many new faces on both sides of the football and a lot of players that have not had an opportunity to demonstrate what they can do. Now, maybe Muschamp and this new staff coach this group up. Maybe South Carolina finds a defensive lineman or two uh, that are able to be more disruptive on the line of scrimmage this year, and that defense improves. I do think South Carolina is getting better. I just don't know that we're going to see immediate results this year. I mean, that, that, again, that's fair. I mean, um, you know, the, the thing about this defense is there are some seniors on defense. You know, two starting safeties. Or, or, you know, one one starting safety is a senior, the other is a junior. Then you got, you know, your starting nickel. Uh, you got two senior linebackers. Uh, Lorenz Bryant is on the shelf, but he's another one. That's a third who would play a lot. You know, you got Marquavius Lewis in there as a senior. You got some upperclassmen and seniors. And so a lot of these guys in recruiting Emerson are, are going to play early. And, and when you put, you know, speaking about the future, and that can sometimes, you know, uh, they'll be talented. But sometimes that, that takes some time to get those guys acclimated. So, you know, what they have right now in certain areas is a lack of experience, particularly on offense. They've got some areas on defense where they don't have a ton of experience, but it's more just about depth and at some spots talent. And so in the future, they're trying to restock this talent. And, and in certain situations, that's going to cause some, some inexperience in the future. So, you know, they'll have to balance it out as time goes on. But um, the expectation is that Muschamp will continue recruiting well. He, he's got a very good reputation for recruiting and developing defensive talent. We've already seen some of that. But we've also seen some strong offensive recruiting. I mean, two two four-star quarterbacks, that's a situation that he wanted to remedy from Florida. He's gotten two guys in here that have the makings of good players. Looks like they can play. They're different types of guys, different types of players. Uh, they've recruited well, and, and looks like they hit on some of these freshman receivers based on early returns. Got some good tight ends. The offensive line is still sound. That's the area they really, you know, Ide is needing to improve, and so they've just got to continue recruiting well. Chris, on offense, it looks like Edwards and Samuel will be the top two wideouts. Jamari Smith will start in the slot. Of the group of freshmen that are playing wide receiver, who do you think is most likely to emerge? We've got Rodriguez Davis. we got Chavis Dawkins. we got Keel Pollard. Of those three, who do you think is most likely to emerge this year? Well, and Corey Banks, you know, is right. another one. Um you know, the, the interesting thing is that all the, all the backups, you know, you got one, one freshman wide receiver and Edwards is starting and all the other freshman receivers are backups right now. You know, Dawkins and, and Banks and Randricus Davis, who's listed as an or with Terry Googer on the depth chart. You know, those guys are all projected to play because they're all backups. So I'll be on the trip. Um, how much will they play in game one? Not sure. Uh, you know, it might be that they like to get them a few snaps if they can and then just sort of bring them along. But those guys will all play, and some of that's out of need. Um, really, as soon as they sign these guys, it's sort of, you know, we saw Christian Owens transfer. A couple of the guys who were already with the program were, were sort of pushed down the depth chart because of the talent of some of these youngsters. And so, you know, they might need to bring some of them along slowly, but each one of those guys you mentioned will be in the mix. Um, it depends on how much they play as to what kind of impact they make. Pollard has been playing tight end, of course. He can play that H-back or tight end sort of spot. They can move him around and create some mismatches because of his body type and skill set. So 
Muschamp said that he'll play a lot too, and they got several tight ends that project to play this season. So, really, any of them could could have an impact. Um, I I don't think they'll have a a huge one at least at first, just because they're probably trying to bring them along as true freshmen, and they got some guys, you know, Jamari Smith and Brian Edwards, another freshman, and and of course Debo Samuel, and then Hurst and Crosby, a tight end. Yeah. Uh, that are ahead of them all. Okay, and obviously, you know, wide receiver production, tight end production is going to be heavily dependent upon solid quarterback play, and there's just a lot of unknowns right now uh, with regard to that. So, Chris, uh, talk about Vandy. Give us a scoop on Vandy. What do you know about them? Well, you think of Vanderbilt, you think of Derek Mason and the job that he does as a defense-minded coach. He, he runs his own defense. This is their third year in the defense, and they've got a veteran group. they got some guys that have started a lot of games. And they're more talented than a lot of people think. A lot of people look at Vanderbilt and say, I don't have much talent. That's not really true. You know, they've got, you know, a, a nose guard, Lialo, uh, who moved out to end actually in their three fours, very good. Um, you know, Adam Butler caused some problems against South Carolina in the past over there at defensive tackle. They got a couple of corners, including Torin McGaster, who have a lot of experience. Um, and their linebackers are really their strength. And, in that 3-4, you know, those are the guys you're going to see making a lot of plays. So Zach Cunningham, former four-star recruits, a really good one. Oren Burks will play the star position, which will sort of be a hybrid guy. Uh, you might see him rushing the passer a good bit on, on Thursday night. And so uh, they have some talent out there. They're going to be fundamentally sound. They're going to try to stop the run, which, again, is a question mark for South Carolina. May put more pressure on their passing game. And so they're going to be fundamentally sound. Offensively, that's their big question. They were, they were bad offensively last season. Our special teams gave up a lot of big, bad plays. Those are the two areas they wanted to shore up. And so, you know, the thought is that they'll be better on offense, sort of how some people are projecting South Carolina's defense to be better with some changes. Um, but really it comes down to Kyle Shermer, how well he plays at quarterback. He's a former four-star recruit. Um, they had bad problems with turnovers last year, so ball security will be big for them. And, you know, Ralph Webb's a good running back. They'll be solid on the line of scrimmage. And they have some guys uh, that can catch the ball. Trent Sherfield, C.J. Duncan, who missed all of last season. They missed him pretty badly. And they got some tight ends who are capable. So um, this isn't the most talented offense or in the upper echelon that South Carolina will see, but they have some capable guys. Um, and, and especially, you know, on defense, that's, that's the area where you're really concerned matching up against Vanderbilt. All right, very good, Chris. A lot of questions about Gamecock football tonight. We finally start to get some answers. What are your plans for the game? I'm going to sit down and watch it, I'm sure, multiple <laughs> times and, and, and break it down and, and see how it goes. And we'll have plenty of uh, analysis during and after the game at GamecockCentral.com. Yes, sir. Chris Clark will be rolling out a lot of content, a lot of coverage for you on this Vanderbilt game tonight here on GamecockCentral.com. Chris, we appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having me, Emerson. All right. That's Chris Clark, and I'm Emerson Phillips, and this is Gamecock Central Radio. Thanks for joining us.